everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the Thrive Society podcast. And today I'm interviewing Jessica Marks. Thanks so much for being here. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. So tell everyone, I mean, you're so incredible what you do and I can't wait to dive into this, but tell everyone a little bit about who you are, what you do, who you serve. Absolutely. So my name is Jessica Marks and I am the founder and CEO of Jessica Marks Coaching Corporation. We are a team of three females, all moms. Um, And so that's very important to me that I give not only other females the opportunity, but moms. And I currently work with 31 different female-owned brands across a wide, robust industries of anything from like naturopathic doctors to web and brand designers, attorneys, um, all service-based entrepreneurs that are either, you know, really trying to make their way to that six-figure mark as they just launched their business. And then I have a one-on-one mastermind high-touch program where I really come in and help you and guide you be the CEO to break past that seven figure mark. Oh, that is amazing. Sounds exciting. I can't wait to dive more later into that. So your story is so fascinating. And when I was reading your bio, it just gave me the chills too, because coming from corporate, I feel like we all just attract each other, um, within this space. And, um, you transitioned from corporate into the online space. Can you talk to us about that story? And we're going to really dive deeper into like, you know, the different pieces and steps that you took and whatnot, but can you just tell us why and how you got started in this industry? Yes. So unlike some others in this space, I am not a corporate hater. I actually am very proud of my corporate experience. Mm-hmm. I had a great experience and I would not be able to do what I'm doing today without going through that 15 year corporate background. Mm-hmm. And I graduated college, immediately jumped into a sales job in commercial and residential real estate because I knew that is where I could make the most money and I could be in full control of my income doing sales. And after spending a few years doing that with a Fortune 500 company, I was presented with an opportunity in a startup in the med device space doing pharmacogenetics testing, which is basically an oral swab that tells physicians how you metabolize each individual drug class so they can get you to a solution quicker. So very small company. We were literally working around pretty much my desk was the break room table at the time. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So really put in the tedious long hours, the labor of love, Um, had an amazing executive team alongside me of all males. And we ended up growing that business. And in a short span of seven years, we had 3,000 employees, a valuation of $8.5 billion. And I was overseeing the corporate strategy and our national sales team, which was in all 50 states in Puerto Rico, of about 500 team members. And it was the highs and lows of building a brand like that. And once it sold, I remained on uh, for Mm -hmm. two years. I was the only executives that stayed, the CEO, the president, the COO, all left as part of the deal. And they asked me to stay on. So I continued continued on and uh, went through a couple different leadership teams, new boards, which was also, you know, whether it 
was a great experience or not. Mm -hmm. It was an experience. And as an executive in the company, I had obviously hired executive coaches Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know what, one day I'm going to, I'm going to build my own business doing this. And I'm going to teach women not only how to do it, but what Mm -hmm. it takes in order to do it because it seemed to come very naturally to the men that I was working Mm -hmm. with. And there were a lot of times where I had to figure it out the hard way or I was Googling things. And a lot of it too was building the mindset that goes into actually building a business of that size. So that's how the, the short story yep. of how I got here. <laughs> that's And it's so incredible too that you just said mindset because I was just talking actually to several other coaches within the space about this. And it's like, once you get past the threshold of 10K months, right? You're at 20, 30, 50, 100K months. It beca- it's starting to become less about the strategy and more about the mindset. It's Mindset is so big. And coming from the corporate world, at least for me too, I was like, I have my mind right. We are good. Um, we just need the strategy. That's all I need. And then coming into this online space, it's actually like quite the opposite in a way, you know? Yes, and breaking a lot of the mindset and the mentality that we have when we're Mm -hmm. in the race of a corporate environment, or there is that structure that's there that when you branch out into being your own boss, running your own business, I think a lot of women forget that I'm in charge here. It's my business, my rules, and you set the boundaries. And so that's one of the things that I really work through with my clients is building a business that works for them. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And talk to me a little bit about too, because in your role as national sales and corporate strategy, what were, because again, a lot of people listening to this too, have either our other past corporate women, maybe they're still in their nine to five roles, they're leaving, they're staying and building their businesses. But what are some of the skills that you have had within your corporate role that have transferred over into building your own business that have made it successful? Can you share some of that? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's one of the things that where, you know, sometimes I'll get asked, oh, what coaching program did you go through to become a business coach? I'm like, I've got street cred. Okay. (laughs) I went through the real deal. And as glamorous as it is, and you know, PR Mm -hmm. to be able to say, I grew an eight and a half billion dollar business and was a very critical piece in doing it and built out a large portion of that strategy. That's the glamour. But what went on behind the scenes and the amount of especially in medical with, you know, FDA regulations and patents and lawsuits and DOJ and all the things that go into being in the medical space. I got to tell you, the wins were great, but it is the failures that happened within those seven years Mm -hmm. and the downfall experiences that I went through and the the budgeting, the money management, the issues that come up when you have a staff of 3,000 people. It is all of that and all of those experiences that have really made me be able to build a coaching business and help women through all the hard times that are going to happen in business. Mm -hmm. And I know we're going to talk about that later, but it is, it's stressful. And there were a lot of times where we were working, you know, days on days straight, And we had major issues in front of us and things that we had to push through and work together as a team and directions that I thought we had to go, but because of restrictions from the board or whatnot, we couldn't go Mm. go in that route. So I will say that 
the corporate experience and the one I had that I think that has really contributed to my success now in a coaching business is that I was in charge of all of the commercial operations, but I was also in charge of sales. Mm -hmm. And so because I had the corporate side and then I also had the role of translating the corporate initiatives and what was being placed on us by the board or the CEO, and then passing that down onto a sales team, which was actually going to drive the revenue into the business. It was a very, very unique role where I was able to really play on both sides of the fence, play on both teams and figure out how to actually make that work. Because a lot Mm. of times, you know, the direction of the board or the people that aren't, you know, in the game playing are sometimes very, very hard to accommodate. And then also get your sales team on board to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And any tips or recommendations for those two that are scaling their businesses? I mean, do you have any recommendations as people are like kind of moving into the space from corporate or they're scaling their business? Any tips or recommendations that you can kind of give from like a mentorship perspective to those that are scaling their businesses? Yes. So one of the things that I initially work through with clients is growth blockers. Mm -hmm. And This could be you. If you're just starting your business, you have them. Or if you've been in business for 10 years and you're running a seven, eight figure brand, you've got growth blockers. You've got things that are holding you back, Mm -hmm. whether it be mindset, whether it be your marketing, whether it be, um, you know, people on your team, there's something that is holding you back from growing. Mm. And so I like to go in right away and figure out, okay, what are they? Sometimes it's one or two things. Sometimes it's a, it's a lot more than that. And really paying attention to the areas of your business that might not be working well. I think we do focus on, okay, you know, this is where I'm getting my business from. This is great. Or I'm getting really great traction on social media. And those are great to focus on. But if you don't actually focus on the things that are holding you back, you're going to have a very difficult time scaling the brand to its full potential. Yeah. I mean, and that can be something like, you know, team bottleneck, right? I mean, I actually just went through this scaling my team as well, because I mean, we have, oh my gosh, we're just adding two more people now. We have three and just the way that I was the bottleneck and realizing that that was my growth blocker too with my own business. So, I mean, you could even be standing in your own way, would you say, right? For, you know, being that growth blocker. We are all standing in our own way. Yeah. Um, I don't care how long you've been doing this or how seasoned you are, or if you're coming out of a CEO role in a company and you're starting your own, you're going to stand in your own way because we've all had habits that we've formed mm-hmm. or we've all followed in somebody else's footsteps. And we've seen the way that somebody else has done it. And a lot of times it's in a different business model than what you're actually launching for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important that until you realize that you are in full control, of not only yourself, your decisions and your brand, you will continue to bring those little bad habits or those little mindsets, limiting beliefs, whatever it may be that's been implemented into your mindset through corporate or through a previous employer, and you'll hold on to them. So that's one of the things that I really focus on women working through. And a lot of times it is those limiting beliefs, Mm -hmm. um, the imposter syndrome, or not making the right investments so their brand doesn't really reflect their experience. And that's important. If you're coming out of corporate, and I, tell, I, I use this analogy all the time, if you're coming out of corporate uh, from a chief marketing officer role, yes, you're starting your business as a beginner, but you're not a beginner. Mm-hmm. So don't be 
pricing yourself as a beginner. Don't be going after beginner level clients. You need to come into the market exactly where you're at. And I know that's what I did for my own brand. And I think that's, I, I don't think that's why I know I had such great success launching this business because I didn't come in timid. I didn't come in saying, well, I'm new at being a coach. So I'm new at what I'm doing. I knew I had the experience to deliver results to clients. So it's that you take your corporate role and really apply it, that experience level to your brand. Oh, that's so good. I go through the same thing with a lot of corporate clients as well. Um, Just coming in the space and we think because we're new to the space that we need to price ourselves in the beginner range, but it's really not the case. Do you have any tips or recommendations for like mindset work too? Because that was one thing, at least for myself, and I've seen this with other clients as well, coming from corporate is, you know, we're kind of told to leave your stuff at the door, right? You know, don't bring your emotions in. It's kind of like you almost have a really good poker face on while you come into the office, right? And you're really, you can't, not that you can't show up as yourself, but there is a level that you have to kind of stop. So talk to us, are there any tips or recommendations for a mindset work that you give to clients or you'd recommend to someone who might be going through limiting beliefs or, you know, feelings of imposter syndrome and things like that? So I've actually spoken a couple times on imposter syndrome. And the first time I spoke on it and they reached out to me, I had never even heard of imposter syndrome, didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And then once they explain it, I'm like, okay, so limiting beliefs, that's what we're getting over here. And one of the really great things is when you transfer out of, and we'll use you as an example, you have a marketing and PR background. And when you work for a corporate company, you don't have to go work in the finance department mm-hmm. or the sales department, or you're not in the back end doing the operations. That's another department's problem. But when you launch your own business, now you're everybody and you're the mm-hmm. whole you're everybody's department. And I think one of the mistakes people make is when they start to not, when they realize that they don't know how to do something, then those limiting beliefs kick in. And maybe I can't do this. And maybe this isn't for me, but we have a resource in our hands 24 seven and that's your phone. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to podcasts. You can read, you can listen to books on your phone. If you don't know something. So one of the things I find a lot of people don't know about is financials are legal. So if you're starting your business and you have zero financial clue, what you should be doing for taxes are legal. You need to learn that. Don't just shove it to the side and mm-hmm. wait because that not knowing those areas of your business will start to bring on those beliefs that you're only really good at this one area. And now you've got this business and you are people doubting you because you don't really know what you're doing because you don't know how much you're making. Mm-hmm. You don't know if you're profitable. Well, learn it. Mm-hmm. And so that would be one of the first shifts that I really challenge my clients. Like, what are the areas of your business that you just have no clue about? If you can't afford to outsource it, and even if you can, I still want you to know it, then you got to learn it. And so really spending that time at the beginning of entrepreneurship, learning all about the business, it'll make you a stronger leader, a stronger CEO, your brand will scale faster. And then one of the other things I find that women do that men don't is when they launch their businesses, they have, they, they have this comparison to what everybody else is doing on social media or wherever. And so they start trying to act or be what these other women are. But when you really start showing up authentically as yourself, Mm -hmm. you'll be amazed at one, how many more clients you get, two, how much more confident you are because you are being you. You're not trying to be somebody else. 
And three, how much more people just resonate with you? Because we can tell when somebody's on their Instagram stories or we meet them in person and we're like, that is not who they are. Mm-hmm. And so really getting comfortable with who you actually are and showing up as her in your business. Oh, I love that. I love that. And it's so true too. I see a lot of the, you know, regurgitative content or just trying to kind of mimic someone else's strategy or things like that. And there's no cookie cutter way of growing a business. Everyone's going to have their own ebbs and flows and ups and downs and challenges and roadblocks and things like that. And just like, it's getting comfortable with being like that is going to happen. Um, I love that. I love that. So I want to shift gears just a little bit and shift gears into my favorite part of the episode, which is why I started Thrive Society to begin with. And every entrepreneur, whether you came from corporate, you didn't come from corporate, um, has struggles or challenges that have really just impacted your trajectory. So is there something within your life, whether it's personal or professional that has really impacted the trajectory of your business and, you know, how did you thrive from it? Yes. So one of the things I haven't mentioned on this podcast, which is a little crazy because normally I talk about it right off the bat. Mm -hmm. The reason, one of the main reasons I left my corporate role or the final, like, push because I had done, I put in my time, I put in my effort, I gave them that extra two years. They wanted me to sign for five more, but I was finally pregnant with twins. And yeah, so the last four years while being an executive and traveling nonstop, I was also going through IVF. And so I went through six rounds of IVF and obviously had, was very unsuccessful, but I finally got pregnant with my twins. And so that to me was like a sign that this is, this is the time I'm going to transition out. And the coaching business was something where I had put in so many hours, so much time, and I had, quite frankly, I'd made the money. So I had was prepared to take five years off. And looking back, I'm thinking like, what was I thinking? That's so not me. Mm-hmm. But I like, I'm going to take five years off. I told everybody I was so proud of myself. I'm going to be a stay at home mom. And then I'll pursue this other dream. But this is my dream right now. So three months into being a stay-at-home mom, I called my husband hysterical. I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. This is not for me. I miss that connection. I miss those higher level conversations. And so I said, I'm doing it. I'm launching this business. The time is now. And everybody looked at me like I was crazy for doing it with newborn twins. They didn't think I was crazy for going back to work because they all (laughs) knew I would never laugh. So... I, and this is important because I think a lot of people do this, is they start a business as either a side hustle because they're working corporate or they're a mom and they have this idea to pursue this dream. So I was getting up at 3 a.m. I was, you know, building this business, then hanging out, trying to do bottles, everything with my kids, and then uh, working during nap time, staying up late Mm -hmm. every night because I was so passionate about starting this business. And the business started to grow really quickly, but I didn't catch on myself that I can't do it all. I couldn't be the mom to newborn Mm -hmm. and run this business. And so I was really late to the game for asking for help. And it wasn't until I realized that it was okay for me to hire a nanny and it was okay for me to get the groceries delivered. And it was okay for me to, you know, kind of accept this help is when there was a huge shift in the business, not only in the numbers and the growth, but in me personally, because Mm -hmm. I was 
spread so thin. And so I think that we hold on to that corporate job because it's comfortable and there's a paycheck coming in and we don't leap into entrepreneurship or we, as moms say, we're just going to do it all. We're going to build this company. And I, I work with a lot of moms that have built like multiple six figure companies and they're like, I'm doing this, you know, every chance I get, but I have zero help. I'm like, Oh my God, we got to get you some help. Burn out. Yeah. Burn out. That's step one. And so, because I experienced that level of burnout, but I was so used to it in corporate that I just thought, I got this. I can do this. And it's when I realized I can do this my way now that I started bringing on help. And then I brought on help within the business. Um, And now I'm like an outsourcing queen. (laughs) I can help Mm -hmm. everywhere and anywhere I possibly can. And looking back, I realized that that was a critical mistake that I made. Yeah. I actually, it's so funny that you say that because I, that was one of my big mistakes too, that I made in the business early on was I, and again, if um, my story, a lot of people know who listen to this podcast, but a year ago, actually in June, I went to the hospital for burnout and it was just a matter of time that it was going to happen because repetitively in the corporate cycle, you just like go, 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 go. And you do not stop. And I carried that same mentality into this business. And I was like, Oh, I can do this. I can stay up until 11 o'clock at night and we'll just do all the things. And then it just literally hits you like a ton of bricks. So I totally resonate on that. You're incredible. I feel like we need to do like another recap episode after this, because there's so much I want to dive into that. I just feel like we could talk for hours, but tell people, how can they find you? Do you hang out on Instagram, Facebook? What's your website? I'll also link it in the show notes below as well. Yes, absolutely. So Instagram is my jam. That's where I show up. Um, I try to get on there a couple times a week in stories and give free advice, help you scale and grow your businesses. Um, so you can find me at the Jessica Marks and the website is the jessicamarks.com. And if you are somebody that's in service space, there's a really great download on there right now. And it's building out your six figure program. So if you're somebody that's in the coaching space or PR or marketing, and you're really wanting to build out that six figure uh, program in your business, that's a great download worksheet to go through. Oh, awesome. I'll link it in the show notes below too. So we'll have that in there. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Hannah. Thanks.